Let us open our Bibles to the book of Psalm. And our reading from Psalm today comes from chapter 119, verses 137 through 144. Righteous are you, O Lord, and upright are your judgments. Your testimonies which you have commanded are righteous and very faithful. My zeal has consumed me because my enemies have forgotten your words. Your word is very pure, therefore your servant loves it. I am small and despised, yet I do not forget your precepts. Your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and your law is truth. Trouble and anguish have overtaken me, yet your commandments are my delights. The righteousness of your testimonies is everlasting. Give me understanding and I shall live. Here ends our reading from the book of Psalm. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God of salvation, who sent your Son to seek out and save what is lost, hear our prayers on behalf of those who are lost in our day. Receiving these petitions and thanksgivings with your unending compassion. Dear Heavenly Father, we look to you today thankful for the gifts that you have given us, both big and small in our lives. Father, we look to you for the strength to continue on in our daily struggles. We look for your healing hands to shine down and touch those brothers and sisters who are in need of healing our sister who had surgery this week, our brothers and sisters who struggle day in and day out with mental illness, as well as those who we may not have met yet. Father, we look to you because you are all-knowing. You know who is in need of your help, and we pray that they receive it in Christ's name. Redeeming and sustainer, visit your people and pour out your strength and courage upon us, that we may hurry to make you welcome, not only in our concern for others, but by serving them generously and faithfully. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Brothers and sisters, please join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us continue in prayer. Compassionate God, as Jesus did for Zacchaeus, you reach across the chasms that we've created, the ones where we've isolated ourselves from the redemptive power of your love. As with Zacchaeus, bridges have been built, and people who believe there were beyond your embrace have been welcomed to the table with open arms as we give to you this day 
May we also follow the example of Zacchaeus with an explosion of gratitude and generosity. And may we also know his joy. We pray this in the name of Jesus, who invites himself to our table. Amen. And amen. And brothers and sisters in Christ, if you feel so compelled to tithe with our ministry, do know that all tithing goes back out to those in need. Whether it's through our Bible ministry, whether it's through our, the drives that we either help out with or run ourselves, We truly try to get as much back to the community and to those in need as possible. So if you feel like tithing, check out our webpage for ways to tithe there or reach out via email or on one of our message boards and we will get back to you as soon as possible. Let us turn now to the Gospel of our Lord, which comes today from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now, behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was a short of stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste, came down, and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Here ends our reading from the Gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. So our message for this morning, I've entitled, Differences Don't Matter. And the reason why is because I feel part of what we've talked about today, what we've read from the scriptures, talks about differences, right? And we know as we go through life, we are going to have differences. We are going to look different than someone else. We are going to have differences of opinions than our loved ones and our neighbors. But the beauty in this is that that shouldn't cause us to not 
be able to come to the table together. That should not be able to make us have this divide and this separation. But unfortunately, what we've seen through religion is ultimately that as we progress, someone has an idea and someone else doesn't like it, so they split and become different churches and so forth. And when they all said and done, you have these denominations that ultimately are the same. They're still preaching love. They're still pe preaching peace. They're still preaching Jesus Christ. But they have their own little rules and doctrines and things to follow. We have some that choose to, say, not be religious, not have faith. They choose to be atheists, but yet they know enough as atheists, and sometimes some atheists know more about the scripture than some Christians do, because they've studied it so much to actually try to make their claims against it. And many times there's those that say, we are atheists, we don't believe, because they feel harmed and hurt, but their harm and hurt has come from other areas. It has come from the flesh, it has not come from the spirit, it has not come from Christ Jesus. The dictionary tells us that definition of differences or being different is the quality or state of being dissimilar. An instance of being unlike or distinct in nature, form, or quality. In the past, I used to work for a school doing adult education. I ran classes in hospitality. I've ran classes in GED. I've run classes in culinary arts. And the differences in the students alone that have walked through my doors. We're interesting enough having different religions, having different ethnic backgrounds, having different life situations and also having difference of their race, where they grew up, their language. And it showed almost in their work. I can, re and also how I approach them in teaching. I can recall in one of my classes specifically that I had different students with different disabilities, and each student had to be approached differently of how I taught them to cook, how I taught them how to use and hold a knife, how I taught them proper etiquette in a kitchen. But the ultimate goal of the lesson was still the same. The ultimate goal of what I put forth in fruitfulness for them to take and absorb in, to go and work into a job, was the same. I recall many times working in instance with recovering addicts, teaching them fundamentals again as far as what to do and what not to do in the job force so that when they completed their programs they were in and they went back into the working world and they went to go find a job, that 
They were able to successfully lock down a job and be able to work and be able to succeed. Because the hardest part for someone in those positions is what happens when they fail? What do they turn to? What pulls them back? And the ultimate goal was to keep all of those students, all of those souls from allowing evil to creep back into their lives and ultimately bring them to the light, bring them to success, bring them to God. In fact, my class that I connected the closest to was my final class when I was preaching and doing some ministry work as well as teaching. And for them, they found it cool that not only was I teaching them hospitality, but I could have talked to them about faith and spirituality and finding their path through the Lord to find that light to keep them out of the darkness. But each one of them came with differences. Each one of them came from different areas of life, different ages, and different addictions. So each one approached things differently when it came to learning. Each one approached things differently when it came to what they would present back to me and how they would communicate with me and how they would talk. The same holds true when it came through GED education, the students that came through, each one had differences in how they struggled. We see differences in the world each and every day, whether it's through politics or through skin color, whether it's through jobs and education, whether it's through the size and the number of zeros in someone's bank account. We are approached with differences every day. Differences in sexuality, differences in gender, differences of opinion of such things like sex, religion, race, and gender. But those differences are also what makes this world beautiful. Those differences are also what makes the kingdom of God beautiful. And it leads me to this question, brothers and sisters, that I have for you today. And the question is, how do you handle yourself when you interact with someone who is different? When these differences get brought up into your life, come knocking on your door, how do you approach them? Do you meet them with open arms and kindness and love? Or do you shut the door in their face and walk away? Do you dictate what your beliefs are on someone else? Or do you meet them with open arms and love, caring, understanding? Now notice, never once did I say you had to agree with your brother or sister or with your neighbor on a point of view on that difference. Because differences will happen. But I said you were meeting them with caring, compassion, and love. And ultimately, what I want to bring to the table, what I want to discuss today, is I want to bring to the table our gospel from Luke. A beautiful message and a beautiful story of Jesus coming 
to Zacchaeus's house. And ultimately, the backstory here that we need to realize is Zacchaeus is a tax collector. And tax collectors in that time are not looked upon in high standards. They're not looked upon favorably. I mean, let's face it. Do we really look favorably on the tax collector? Do we look favorably on those who come and repossess things if we didn't pay our loans? No. We blame them instead of blaming ourselves. And ultimately, in that time, the tax collectors were to blame because they were doing the job of government. They were collecting what the government said was owed based on what you had, what you did for work, and so forth. But Jesus now comes to Zacchaeus. But Zacchaeus, he wants to meet Jesus. And he's little, he's short. And he knows that this huge crowd, he's not going to be seen to be like, Lord, hey, it's me, Zacchaeus. I want to say hi. I want to talk with you. Any chance we can hang out? So what does he do? He forethoughts this. And he goes and climbs a tree along the path of which Christ is walking. And he gets down the tree and Christ stops under that tree and looks up and is like, Zacchaeus, come down here. I see you. I understand you're there. Come down here. And Zacchaeus obeys. Zacchaeus listens to the Lord Jesus Christ because he's so excited. He wants to meet Christ. I mean, think about it. As we're getting closer and closer to Christmas, we have kids that are going to be excited. that are going to like be super energy charged. You know, they're charged for going trick-or-treating and going doing that. But they're going to be charged for going to meet Santa. And they're not going to be able to wait, right? So they're going to be bouncing all over the place. Well, this is kind of what I'm envisioning Zacchaeus, this like shorter dude, doing. Like he's super energized. He's super charged. He wants to go meet Jesus. He wants to talk with him. So as soon as Christ acknowledges that his presence is in this tree and says, you come down from there right now. I almost envision this as an older brother or sibling looking and saying, hey, I see you. You get out of that tree right now and you come here to me. And then I see Christ look at Zacchaeus and say, make haste, come down, which is you get out right now. For today, I must stay at your house. Now imagine this. This dude wanted to meet Christ so badly. He was so energetic. He just wanted to say hi. Who knows? Maybe he wanted to say more. Maybe he was hoping he could just see Christ, not even say hi, but just get a glimpse of Christ. So that's why he climbed the tree. And not only does Christ say, make way, make haste, come down here. But he says, you need to go, you know, start preparing because tonight I stay with you. I'm at your house tonight. You have a guest and you didn't even realize it, buddy. I knew this before I even got to this point. You're just finding out. I hope you prepared. But let's think about this for a second. The difference here. Zacchaeus is a tax collector. Jesus is a Jew. Christ 
is also looked at as the Messiah, and his followers do not understand why he would sit with a sinner, why he would sit with a tax collector. Tax collectors are looked at as sinners. They are not looked at as the same as everybody else. They're looked at as different. But Christ has now said, I'm going to go stay at your house. I'm going to eat with you tonight. I'm going to sit with you and we're going to talk and we're going to hang out and all this. And I'm going to pause here for a second. I'm going to look at you and ask you, if you had this opportunity to go sit with somebody who is different, would you do it? If you had someone who is different than you sit there along the way and say, we'll use myself, Pastor Shane, make haste because tonight I'm staying with you. What? Okay. I, I guess. Why? What's going on? But this is kind of where Zacchaeus is like, nope. I see you, Lord. I'm going. But think about this for a second. Those that saw this started to complain and say, He has gone to be a guest with a man who's a sinner. How many of us are sinners? How many of us, if we're being honest and truthful with ourselves and with the Lord, are sinners? And yet if God came to us and said, I'm here for dinner, how many of us would jump at that opportunity? And I see no difference between Christ having dinner with a tax collector with Zacchaeus than Christ coming to the table and having dinner with each and every one of us who are still sinners. Zacchaeus also then says to the Lord later on in our scripture passage, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And how does Jesus reply to this statement? But he sits there and says, Today salvation has come to this house. Christ has given salvation to Zacchaeus and his household. Because he also is a son of Abraham. As we're thinking about this and we're listening to this scripture, as we're going through this, we need to remember an important thing in all this is that God does not see the differences. God doesn't care about the differences. Christ doesn't care that Zacchaeus is a sinner and a tax collector. Christ just wants to sit there and be with him and be in his presence and ultimately redeem him. Just like he does each and every one of us, brothers and sisters.
And sometimes we get in our lives and we feel unwanted, unliked. And I feel like this is a great story for us to look back on and remember that Zacchaeus was unliked as well. And Christ still wanted him in his life. You might feel unwanted and unliked, but Christ still wants you in his life. He even more so goes on to say, the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. In the beginning, I started talking about difference in religions and difference in faith, spiritualities, difference in congregational churches, differences in those that say that they're an atheist because something happened in a building or with a person, and yet Christ is still going to come to them and say, hey, insert your name if you're seeing this. I see you, I love you, and I've come to seek you and bring you back to the kingdom. Come join me. Imagine, brothers and sisters, if we saw differences in our brothers and sisters, and we didn't see those differences anymore, and we just saw them as a human being, and we saw them in the lens of love, that we we're going to love on them as we were instructed by Christ anyway. And we said, hey, I see you. You seem a little bit lost in your way. Why don't you come on back? Why don't you come with me? Because the Lord's here with us right now. Why don't we just pray for a minute? Why don't we just speak an ounce of scripture? Why don't we just have a meal together? Because the Lord loves you. The Lord needs you. And in my experiences, being an educator, seeing youth in ministry, and even till now, if there's one thing I've done, it's tried to read the room and learn the crowd a little bit. It's trying to understand where someone might have come from to get to the point in their life that they're at. And to help breathe hope back in for that second chance of life. I'm not saying many would work or help or volunteer to go into a rehab center. I'm not saying any or many would sit there and volunteer to go forth and go into difficult times and difficult places and say, hey, I see you, I hear you, and I know you. Let me help you. I know you're lost and I know you're struggling, but the Lord is calling me to call you and bring you back home where you belong. The heck with our differences. You deserve this. You matter. You're important. And ultimately, another topic that I want to bring up on real quick the same goes for mental wellness, mental health, mental illness. There's that stigma out there that holds brothers and sisters back from seeking help, that from talking to somebody. First and foremost, I would like all of you to know that this ministry, we have resources posted on our page for a reason. We support those who are in need, those who are struggling. 
you're lost, need help finding directive to figure that out, feel free to contact the ministry. But ultimately, I'm bringing this point up because people feel like others look down upon them because they're a little different, because their illness causes them to act a little different. Things like addiction, things like eating disorders, things like bipolar, schizophrenia, they cause others to act different or to be different. So if they're realizing that, they tend to not want to open up about it. But ultimately, the only way to break that stigma that has been there for oh so many years is by talking about it is by coming to a platform where you feel comfortable and saying, this is a safe place and I can tell you about my experiences. And that's all that's really happening here is, in our scripture today, we saw Zacchaeus coming to the table and telling Christ, hey, I'm here, I see you. We looked at our scripture in Thessalonians, Paul, Timothy, and Silvanus. They boast of the church, Thessalonians' patience and faith. Imagine if we boasted in the faith of others. Imagine if we boasted in the things that can bring us together, like love and harmony, instead of constantly shouted louder the things that separate us and the things that make us different. If there's anything, brothers and sisters, you can take from what I've said here this morning, let it be that you take with you love, patience, acceptance. Let it be that the Lord blesses you and blesses others. And maybe you're the vessel being used to bring others that are lost back to Christ. And that's okay. Maybe you're the vessel to just do something kind to change someone's day from having them make a tragic decision. That's truly okay as well. But if we stop being kind, the only thing left is evil and hatred. If we stop being lights in this world, the only thing left is darkness. If I can urge you on anything today, it is to continue to be the blessing, the light, the love, and the truth that Christ teaches us to be. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today thankful for your scripture passage from the Gospel of Luke. Thank you for your teachings and the interactions of your son Jesus Christ with Zacchaeus. Help us to be like Zacchaeus, that even though we are a sinner, we seek Christ. That we will climb the highest tree so that he sees us. That we will speak the loudest so he hears us. That we will do as he asks to show others his love. Father, we look to you for that strength and that courage. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And amen. Let us pray. Holy God. All our worship is met by the cleansing, great, <clears throat> cleansing gaze of your passion for justice. 
Enfold us in your grace that we may embody our devotion in acts of justice and in defense of the helpless. To the glory of your name, we pray. Amen. And amen. I open my blue hymnal once more to our doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Now, brothers and sisters, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. Brothers and sisters in Christ, go in peace. Amen and Amen. We'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us here at Hope Ministries at our Worship Without Walls online ministry. Please click our webpage link. Check us out. Begin again. Start new. Or ultimately, keep growing in your faith with the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless, and ultimately, no matter what you do, don't forget to get that new hope rising. Have a blessed, blessed day. Thank you.